what we shouldn't do is just to uh, sit back and uh, make it uh, someone else's responsibility. Welcome back to Chapter, Verse, and Season, a lectionary podcast from Yale Bible Study. Join us each week as two Yale Divinity School professors look at an upcoming text from the Revised Common Lectionary. This episode, we have Volker Lapine, Horace Tracy Pitkin Professor of Historical Theology, and Vasilius Marinus, Associate Professor of Christian Art and Architecture. They're discussing Psalm 82, which is appointed for Proper 10 in Year C, the fifth Sunday after Pentecost. Here's the text. Psalm 82 God has taken his place in the divine council. In the midst of the gods, he holds judgment. How long will you judge unjustly and show partiality to the wicked? Give justice to the weak and to the orphan. Maintain the right of the lowly and the destitute. Rescue the weak and the needy. Deliver them from the hand of the wicked. They have neither knowledge nor understanding. They walk around in darkness. All the foundations of the earth are shaken. I say, you are gods, children of the Most High, all of you. Nevertheless, you shall die like mortals and fall like any prince. Rise up, O God, judge the earth, for all the nations belong to you. One of the things I love about the Book of Psalms is that the message of many of them can be applied, reinterpreted, appropriated to um, uh, a variety of contexts. And uh, Psalm 82 is a good example, it's a great example of uh, this kind of situation. Uh, We see God being very displeased with the unjust government of the people, and he intends to uh, punish those responsible with um, severe punishments. I would like to hear a lot about changing this situation, and what is described here is a cruel situation about all those who, who, who are weak. But but do we still really expect from God severe punishment? On verse 6, uh, it says, and this is the um, RSV and um, other translations are different, so I guess the important uh, point here is how do you translate the, uh, the Hebrew? Is it divine ministers, angels, or gods? But in the um, Anar's it says, I say, you are gods, children of the Most High, all of you. Nevertheless, you shall die like mortals and fall like any prince. Uh, at least for me, it is difficult to understand what is the original context and meaning of this psalm. Uh, what is the divine counsel? Uh, who are these gods or divine beings and so on? But I think it's clear the message, um, at least for me, is that a test for a good government is um, how it treats the orphans and the weak and the destitute. And obviously, these um, gods or divine beings here have failed the test, and uh, for that they will be punished. So if we accept them as divine beings that are immortal, uh, the punishment is death. As far as I have understood, it is not 
not wrong to translate as gods uh, and we, we might have here some some rasta of the long history of religion which is presented in the Hebrew Bible but applying it to, to our situation I see those gods being something maybe we we human beings make for us as God coming from the Lutheran tradition in um, uh, in the great catechism Martin Luther writes about the first commandment on what you hang your heart that's your God which is really interesting to think about we make this our God and this psalm reminds us whatever you are making your God there's another God above all of them yeah that's uh, quite interesting so If I understand what you're saying, uh, the gods or angelic beings are actually human beings here. And we can extend the uh, meaning of these psalms to apply to essentially everybody and how everybody treats the uh, orphans and the weak and so on. Is that is that correct? I assume my idea is completely wrong in terms of exegesis. <laughs> But as someone hermeneutically dealing with those texts, uh, I think we have to look what does it mean for us how can we deal with those concepts and so it is on the one hand it is the desires i think of human beings so looking for money which is then the background for treating orphans like they are treated we, we just look for our own interests we don't look for other interests that's making ourselves our god and so at the end i would say yes those gods are those human beings who want to be god like we have heard or read in the story about the paradise when when human beings wanted to be like god yeah and and that is um, a wonderful interpretation it's not something that i thought about before but i like how instead of moving the responsibility to a government or some kind of a, an abstract organization this interpretation makes ourselves responsible for taking care of the weak and the destitute and so on. I grew up in the socially caring states of Europe where we usually said, oh, all right, there, there are problems with orphans, with poor people. The state will do something for them, which I see is different in the United States. At least it is not done in the same extent as we are used to in Europe. So I'm still thinking about but what does it mean? Does it mean there's someone coming to me and begging somewhere and I have to give money? Or is it what I have to give my time sitting beside this person and asking him, her, them, what is behind your fate? What what made you so poor as you are? And for, maybe for some people of us, it is more difficult to donate time than to donate money. Yes, that's an excellent point, and I'm afraid they don't have a straightforward um, answer. I get the sense sometimes that people here and in other places uh, believe that being poor is a moral failure. And uh, I I'm not sure this is, uh, of course, the case, and I think it's uh, quite a cruel way to live one's life and see the world. It's something uh, that I grapple with, um, but I think one should do whatever one thinks will benefit uh, the the greater good. It can be uh, monetary uh, donations, or it can be uh, volunteering, it can be tutoring, it can be a variety of things. 
what we shouldn't do, certainly, and the message is very clear here, is just to uh, sit back and uh, make it uh, someone else's responsibility. And maybe uh, one one of the things we can do is being sensitive uh, about what you said, which uh, I think is a very important point, seeing that people say poverty is, is a question of own fault and just saying loudly it is not it is not a question of personal fault it is a question mainly of fault of the others who want to have more money than they should have and so making other people poor so even if not encountering those poor people we can do something for them in speaking out definitely yes uh, absolutely And I think uh, one of the problems nowadays is that, um, you know, especially for people who have a historical perspective and are students of uh, history and culture, it's not always easy today to understand that uh, fortunes reverse or can reverse very quickly. And uh, somebody who has uh, lived a privileged and comfortable life protected by a variety of external Uh, circumstances can be a moral judge, but this is not uh, usually how life uh, works. And we need to take into consideration that people can find themselves in circumstances that are very different than ours and uh, be be receptive and uh, kind and understanding and uh, certainly not be arrogant in, in the way we uh, uh, approach uh, a lot of these problems. We saw multiple exa examples of what you say in the last years, people losing their job by COVID, uh, people fleeing from U Ukraine by war. So that there is a lot of situations people don't have in their hand. And in these cases, it seems to be obvious. And anyone would say, yeah, it's, it's, it's a fate. But in any single person, there is a fate. And there, there is something that made them poor that made them bearing this situation they have to bear. We are not asked, as you say, to judge about them, but we are asked to help them. Yeah, absolutely. And I think this message is uh, particularly important because in, in the Chalcedonian uh, Orthodox churches, this psalm is uh, read on a Holy Saturday morning. And uh, certainly people pay particular attention to the uh, concluding verse, rise up, O God, judge the earth, for all the nations belong to you, which is um, a triumphal verse and very appropriate for the context. But I think we should also pay uh, intense attention to what comes before it and what is the message here, especially the uh, Luther reading of this uh, psalm. That, that's exciting what, what you are telling about the liturgy. I never knew that, uh, but and I just try to connect both parts. Does rising then mean giving justice to the poor, to the orphans? Then it is well connected this triumphant sentence with what the whole psalm has to say. Yeah, uh, I think yes, it's very clear that God here is on the side of justice and compassion, and God will take over. Thanks for listening. And thank you, Professors Lapine and Marinus, for talking us through Psalm 82. Learn more about the show and find other Bible study resources at yalebiblestudy.org. 
Thank you so much to everyone who's already subscribed and rated the podcast. If you haven't already done that, please take a second and do it now. It really helps new people to find the show. Chapter, Verse, and Season is a production of the Center for Continuing Education at Yale Divinity School. It's produced by creator and managing editor Joel Baden, production manager Kelly Morrissey, associate producer Aidan Stoddart, and I'm your host and executive producer, Helena Martin. Our theme music is by Calvin Linderman. We'll be back with another conversation from chapter, verse, and season.